from Kurtco Media. Coming up on this episode of Life Done Better. And so it's like, if you live every day, I used to have a quote, live every day like it's the best day of your life. Live every day like it's the best day of your life. I'm going to say it one more time. Live every day like it is the best day of your life. Welcome to Life Done Better. I'm your host, Jill Young. My guest today is my friend Koya Webb. She is a wellness visionary, author of Let Your Fears Make You Fears, and founder of Get Loved Up, a conscious community that practices daily self-care and makes healthy living a priority to promote healing, social justice, and spiritual connection. Hi, Koya. Before COVID happened, you were constantly traveling, hosting workshops, yoga retreats, and inspire and educate around the globe. How did you adjust to all the changes that COVID introduced into your life? How did I adjust? That's such a great question, Jill. And at first, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Your sisterhood and your love and everything that you are is so deeply felt. And I just appreciate you. Oh. Thank you so much for saying that. It melts my heart. Absolutely. And, you know, adjusting was definitely what I had to do and what I'm still currently doing. And I feel like when something traumatic happens, there's the instant that it happens and how we initially react. Like some people are like scared, terrified, traumatized. And then how we respond that's usually what creates our reality. So my initial was just shock. Like, wow, really? Wow. Close down? Wow. Mass? So I hit a lot of levels of just things hitting me very hard. I'm a very empathetic person. So people in my community reaching out questions. So it was a point to where I feel like I was pouring out all that I could pour and I had to take my own advice. I had to get loved up. So I was doing sound healings every day. I was teaching yoga, meditation every day. And I was just trying to hold space for so many people. I realized and I promised myself that you will as practice just as much self-care, meaning just as many hours on self-care and connecting with family and your community as you do work. And to me, that's really what helped me process because I love to give. It is my joy to give. I'm in my dharma. I love helping people live a healthy and active lifestyle. I love helping wellness entrepreneurs build their company. I love these things. But what happens is a lot of us, especially as women, we're nurturers and we nurture to the detriment of ourselves. So depleted, right? You can give too much of yourself and just feel like you have nothing left. Exactly. When you don't fill up your own cup, you're just not full. So you can't give to your greatest capacity. So I had to learn to love myself and not just a bubble bath, just not just a mani-pedi, but really my daily journaling, my gratitude, my breath work to deal with some of the trauma. I really had to learn to love myself. And that's how I'm handling the current chaos in the world. Well, I I love that you're sharing that and saying that, you know, you're still adjusting. It's constantly a form of adjustment that we need to do. And even without COVID, I think COVID just skyrocketed all the challenges that came to us and we had to pivot quickly. And then, you know, life is constantly challenging us in different ways and it is up to us how we respond to it. Now, there's one thing on your Instagram page that just really sat with me. And you said, love yourself enough to set boundaries. Your time and energy are precious and you get to choose how you use it. You teach people how to treat you 
by deciding what you will and won't accept. And I love that when we were talking about helping and being of service and loving your work and being someone that loves to nurture and take care of others, but then also setting boundaries of like, okay, where is it too much? Where am I starting to lose myself or lose my energy and get depleted? Can you talk a little bit about you setting boundaries? You know, I love to give and I love to pour. And I, in the past, had not been good about setting healthy boundaries. And I still, it is a big challenge for me because it fills me up to give to others, but I can't give to my depletion. So it's a very slippery slope for me because when I give, I get joy. And I really, it's hard for me to see what is too much. I literally have to set my boundaries beforehand because when I'm in it, I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't notice that it's too much until it's too much and like I'm frustrated or I'm like, okay, I'm doing this and I really don't want to do it. And I should have just said I didn't want to in the beginning when I knew I didn't want to, but I'm like, oh, I'm just going to do this favor this time. And now it's like four hours later of doing something that I don't want to do. I literally have this alert in my phone, Jill, to make sure I don't get too caught up in working or people pleasing. Literally at noon, I get the alert. How do you feel? What do you need? Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I just ask myself how I feel. Do I feel exhausted? Do I feel hungry? Because I'll go the whole day working and I get to five o'clock and I haven't eaten. It's like, Mm, wait, how do you feel? And then I check in. Like, I'm hungry. Oh, what do you need? Make yourself something to eat. How do you feel? I feel exhausted. Okay, good. Go outside in nature. You know? And so it really does prompt me because I'm just like crushing. Okay, next person, Jill. The next person, Tina. And I just go out through my list, like doing it. And sometimes I've also learned not to make beanies back to back to put like 15 minute, 30 minute hour breaks because I would just go back to back to back to back, not even giving myself enough time to breathe or use the bathroom or have a snack. Oh, yeah, no, you, you exactly. That's extreme. And you really want to practice what you teach and that's self-care in the most versatile way, right? Nourishing your bodies with the right food, exercising, hanging out with the right people. And I, I have to say, I, I really do recognize that by asking others what they want, because it's also kind of a, a people pleasing thing, even though I, you know, I'm very much like you, I like to experiment and, and try new flavors and understand, you know, what makes them excited and happy and fulfills their heart. At the same time, you, you have to come back to filling your own cup. And it's such a great vision for me, because if your cup is half empty and then you're, you know, ask people are asking for help or guidance um, or, you know, you're offering support. They're then drinking from an empty cup, right? Or from a half full cup. I think Oprah Winfrey said, they're then stealing from your cup. But if your cup is full and overflowing, there is plenty for everybody. And so everything that we experience and we share on the show today and, and everything we do, I think is really important because personal experience really speaks to the heart. We can read a book and say, oh yeah, you know, this is step one, step two, step three. But when you really hear someone's experience, it's way more relatable. And so that makes me actually want to jump right into your book. So your book is called Let Your Fears Make You Fierce. I actually have a story to tell you, and I think this can trigger like a nice conversation about your book. So I was talking to my esthetician, and she told me that A few years ago, on Saturday morning, she received an emergency alert on her phone that stated there was an incoming ballistic missile threat to Hawaii. 
advised residents to seek shelter and concluded, this is not a drill. North Korea accidentally launched a missile, a nuclear weapon, during training that was coming from Mali within 20 minutes. Nothing could stop it. Be prepared to die. She was saying her goodbyes on the phone to her parents and sat in her closet with her dog waiting for the missile to blow up the island and kill everyone. As you can imagine, these were the most terrifying minutes of her life. Then nothing happened. 38 minutes later, she was still alive and she received another message. There was miscommunication. There was no missile. Relax. <laughs> and this is a real story. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh my God, can you imagine that happening to you? And, and it, in a way, we do this to ourselves when we create stories in our mind about the future, things we cannot control and predict. We think of worst case scenarios and that creates anxiety and fear. And we can make things so real in our mind that our body responds as if it's happening right now. And I think that's really what your book is about, right? To, to change the thoughts. Those thoughts create feelings, feelings then actions. And so what is your perspective on all this? It's exactly what we're in now. Like, it's like, you know, fear this, fear that, like all these, these fears. And I feel like fear is feedback. Fear is feedback for the places within yourself that need to be nurtured. So even though like this missile is coming, you have to ask yourself, if the last 38 minutes are the last 38 minutes of my life, what do I want to be doing? I'm about to strike up a party because what am I going to do in the closet? I'm about to call my best friends. Maybe I'll streak down the beach naked. I don't know, but I'm definitely not. <laughs> Sitting in my house. And like now there's a lot of fear. Like people are really losing their lives. They're really getting sick. And so it's like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, well, I want to pour into my community. I want to live my best life. I want to eat the food. And I am literally in this moment living my life to the best of my ability. And I feel like especially the biggest fear most people have is a fear of death, but we're all going to die. Yeah. We're never guaranteed of another day. We aren't. And so it's like, if you live every day, I used to have a quote, live every day. Like it's the best day of your life. Live every day. Like it's the best day of your life. I'm going to say it one more time. Live every day. Like it is the best day of your life because we don't know. And so in the book, when I talk about let your fears make you fears, it's like seeing your fears, using them as feedback to what part of yourself needs to be nurtured. So if you have a fear of getting a job or getting in a relationship, well, what trauma have you experienced in your past and what needs to be nurtured? I had some trauma that I experienced in my past and I use breath work, I use yoga, I use chakra alignment, and I share all the tools that I use in my book because trauma is real and fear can be as real as we make it. And so it's like, I, I feel like acknowledging, not just pretend like, okay, fine. I don't have any fear. I'm not supposed to have fear. So fear is not. No, it's about acknowledging the fear and allowing the fear to be your friend and take you on a journey to those places. Like I needed to be nurtured because I felt like there was a time when I was singing as a child and my dad told me to shut up and I felt like I couldn't sing. So I needed to nurture my voice and I needed to sing and I ended up writing 
my own song, producing my own video, and you, everyone can hear Be Loved on the radio now and you know on Spotify and iTunes or wherever you listen to your music. But I had to nurture that little girl that was told to shut up. And because she was told to shut up, because he was just tired. He was having a long day. He didn't mean anything by it. But because I made that mean that I couldn't sing, I created a fear that if I sing, people won't like it. And I had to go back and I had to nurture myself. And now I'm fierce. I sing. I just girl, what a way to heal that, right? To actually write a song, sing it and share it with the world. That's so powerful. And I love that you say that you've become friends with your fears or you let it take you by the hand and show you where to go and and with curiosity, not with judgment. It really resonates with me because I think a lot of my friends and people around me say, well, you know, of course you're going to do that because you're fearless. I said, yes and no. I said, if you break the word down into words, then it's fear and less. And yes, I may fear less, but I still experience fear. Absolutely. But it's not stopping me anymore. And the reason why, just like you, that I now know that every time again, when I do something that scares me, that creates anxiety, but I do it anyway, something that is, you know, challenging. On the other side of fear is exhilaration, confidence, excitement, freedom, all these emotions that make me feel so alive. And so when you keep doing it, when you keep pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, you can trust that feeling. Oh yeah, it's familiar. I may experience fear now, but I know what's on the other side and I'm going to go through with it. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. On medicine, we're still practicing. Join Dr. Stephen Tabak and Bill Curtis for real conversations with the medical professionals who have their finger on the pulse of healthcare in the modern world. Available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Produced by Kurtco Media. So there's a lot there, right? The fear of failure, fear of success. Have you experienced any of these fears around your business, about your life, about failure and success? I've actually experienced all of those fears, all of those fears, because when you're growing and I'm not afraid to grow, I'm very ambitious. And so when you make the decision to constantly evolve, it's like, I know some people don't like seeing life as a school, but really like you're passing different tests in different areas, maybe relationship tests, career tests, friendship tests. And then you learn the lesson, you learn how to lean into love, you learn how to be open, and then you get more tests. And the more that you push your edges, the further that you can go, but there might be fear. It's just like my yoga practice, which is why I love yoga because yoga reflects life so well. You start in, you can't touch your toes. It's it's hard. You're scared. If I go any further, I'm going to hurt myself. And then you breathe into it. You learn it. You feel your body. You go deeper and deeper, but it doesn't mean you stop. Next, you're trying to do crow pose or you're trying to do a headstand. There goes fear again. And so you're trying and then you get it and you gain another level consonants. So it's just like life. You get in a relationship, you do it. So great. Okay. And then you decide to buy a house. Great. Then you decide to have, you know, whatever challenges you put on yourself, it comes with a certain level of fear, usually because you haven't done it before. 
So it's one fear to say, oh, this is new. I'm scared. All right, but I'm going to do it anyway. But it's another fear to have fear this because of a past trauma. And that's what my book gets into, how to start healing the past trauma. Because a lot of times, even though you want to, or you have someone pushing, you still, it's such a block that sometimes you can be motionless and you're like, I just can't, this is just not for me. And when you are facing those type of fears, where it's a place, you know, you want to, in your soul, you want to move forward, but you feel stuck and you don't know why. That's when sometimes you might need a therapist or you might need a coach or some help to get over those because when it's fear because of trauma, whether it be because of microaggressions or because of assault or because of an injury or something that happened, like maybe something happened to someone close to you, all of those things. Because personally, when what happened last year with George Floyd reminded me of a situation that happened with my brother when I was 14 years old. So I thought this is something, I didn't know this was something that had put trauma inside me. I didn't know this was something that was still hurting me. But then once I saw the video, which I try not to look at those videos, somehow I saw the video and I saw my brother and I couldn't stop seeing visions of my brother because he got jumped and pinned down in a very similar way. And I started having, anxiety attacks. I went into depression for three days and I just had all these dark thoughts and I couldn't stop them. And so I just started to breathe, do my breath work, do my yoga. I talked to my brother. I talked to my parents because my brother told me not to tell anyone what happened because we weren't supposed to be at the store at that time. We went to the store. They thought he stole something. Of course he didn't, but they pinned him down. They pushed me away and I didn't understand because it came out of nowhere. It was three guys, three guys on my brother and my brother at 14. 15, he was 19. So I was just like, it just seemed so aggressive and so wrong. And it's like, and I felt so helpless. So I had to literally go back and breathe through that trauma, ask myself, what did I need? And I need to talk to my brother, make sure he was okay. I need to tell my parents like what happened. And once I process all that, I can now tell the story without crying. Because before, when I would tell the story, I would be drenched in tears. You can hear it in my voice. And now it just feels good to be able to share the story from a place of empowerment, telling people that if you've experienced something traumatic and it comes back up, don't just sweep it under the rug. Do the work around it to clear. Because a lot of times these issues can stick in your tissues. Oh, I like that. It's the issues the that issue can stuck in your t- tissues. And we have this trauma that we have when we do stuff we resent or when we don't share when something negative has happened to us. And if we don't take time to release it, and I've been doing yoga for over 21 years, but still because of the situation had ingrained itself so deep. And I'm sure other instances with police officers had also, in society, had also ingrained themselves within me. I had a deep seated terror and hurt that I needed to heal. It's a really powerful share because like you said, you didn't even know that you still had to deal with that. And obviously you were 14 and you weren't able to share in that moment because you weren't supposed to be at that store. So obviously you didn't tell anybody. And now George Floyd's video is in front of you. And all of a sudden your subconscious brings you back to that event so many years later, and then there's work to do. So that just shows that There may be unexpected things triggering us, things that, you know, really just come out of nowhere, but hits us like a truck. And it is good to really sit still, understand what it is. What is it? Was it trying to tell you? Because it takes up a lot of headspace, right? So taking a close up and going deep into fears is certainly something that me and Koya suggest. And this also leads me to something that you address in your book. Turn your pain into your power and create your own reality. 
when you decide to turn your pain into your power, because once you decided to acknowledge your pain, cry it out, yell it out. Again, one of my favorite, I actually became a certified breathwork facilitator because I realized the power of breathwork to really help to heal physically. Because when we have emotions, people think, oh, we could just be happy. But if we don't express those emotions, write them down, exercise or something like that, again, those issues get stuck in our tissues. And breath work has been what has helped me release the trauma. I also use EFT and that really helps a lot, but breath work went a little bit deeper. And I'm glad you mentioned EMDR because I actually have scheduled a session to do that journey as well, just to really go through because I feel like it's, I have a therapist, you know, cause I want to remove the stigma around therapy because as I continue to grow and I'm nurturing a big community and I have over 21 employees that, and I'm, I'm nurturing them. I, my goal is to uncover and experience all of these different healing modalities to not only heal myself, but also offer this to my community and my staff so that they can heal through the things that they go through. So I'm really excited for that session. I've heard so many great things about it. And like I said, breath work has also that I do it every new moon and a full moon with my community. Cause I'm like, you know, we should be doing these things regular as regular as we take a shower, because we are constantly, especially with all the stuff happening on the news, walking around with masks, not being able to have physical contact as much as we used to. That is all low level trauma. That is something we experience. It is not natural. It is not normal. And we need to be constantly loving ourselves up, um, creating smaller communities, of course, doing it safely and practicing social distancing as we need to and getting tested as we need to. But we still, part of human touch is a part of humanness. And so I think it's very important that we have these conversations and that we realize that it is up to us to create the reality and create every day as the best day of our life. Ah, amen. <laughs> That's so true. When I fill my body with anxiety and when I feel it like starting to come into my body, it feels like poison, right? It feels just like, oh my God, it, my focus is gone. I feel like my body is taken over by this poisonous anxiety. And what I do to, what I say to myself is, Jill, hello, is this real right now? Like, are you really in the situation or are you living it in the future? Are you thinking about something that hasn't even happened yet? All of the time, it's actually something for you know, that I fear for in the future. And that brings me to this quote, and I really love this quote. It says, if you are depressed, you are living in the past. If you're anxious or fearful, you are living in the future. If you are at peace, you're living in the present. And so, Koya, can you give me three ways that you really get that peace back in your life daily? What are your three things that are non-negotiable in your life? Time in nature. Time in nature really brings you back because nature is experiencing all the things that we're experiencing, the changes of the seasons and things like that. So I love, even if I can't go outside in nature, I love looking out of the window, even looking at like a kaleidoscope or something on TV that is like all about nature because it reminds me of the cycle of life and how everything is constantly evolving. So that helps me really get in the present moment. And that is one of my favorite quotes in the book because a lot of times we get stuck in the past, how we were judged in the past, what happened in the past. And while I said it's, it's important to process that, one way to process that is bring yourself back to the present. And in the present moment, 
you are safe. Hopefully (laughs) everyone listening is safe and you are whole and complete. And that can be another great way to ground in the present. So the second way is just meditation and breath work and bring yourself back to your breath, back to the present moment through meditation and just connecting with your breath. I am well, I am okay. And so breath work is the second thing. So time and nature, number one, breath work, number two. And then the third thing is connecting with others. I think community is very important. And like you mentioned before, not being afraid to like reach out to friends and let them know what's going on or how you're feeling. Someone that you trust, someone you can tell, and they can just hold space for you, not necessarily solving your problem, but just listening to you. It's really important to have a mentor, a friend, a therapist, someone that can really listen to you and allow you to get out some of your pain or your frustration. You should have someone that you could talk about not only the good stuff, but also the bad stuff too. So those are the three ways that that really helped me stay in the present moment. Beautiful. I mean, it's simple, but it's not easy to always be consistent, right? Some things are quite simple, but then we, we have to continue doing them. And we have to do them when we least feel like it, when we are overwhelmed, when we are feeling anxiety. Because usually we do the things that are good for us when we feel good, but we need to do them when we are not feeling well every day just to make it a habit and also for your brain to get rewired to already looking forward to that ritual, that time that you set apart, already knowing that it's coming, well, then relax your state of being. Last but not least, I would like to talk about conquering fear, right? It's something that you can do as an, an action step outside of thoughts, but actually doing something. And I want to share with you a little story about my friend Renee, who was recently visiting me. And she was born and raised in Jamaica, now lives in Colorado, but she never learned how to swim. And so she felt always very unsafe in water. She did learn to swim as an adult, but still, you know, if she can see or feel the bottom of the ocean or pool, she would freak out and she would not want to be underwater with her head at all. So for her to come to Maui and for me to share the island to the fullest, I wanted to invite her to go paddleboarding and to watch the whales because it's the whale season here. And she really wanted to see the whales. She took on the challenge and I was so proud of her. She obviously wore a light vest and she then came with me and my adventure crew into the water. We paddled deep into the ocean and she saw the whales breaching. And I could, I was just constantly looking at her. She had this big smile on her face and she was just, she just looked really comfortable and she felt safe uh, in our, you know, in, in our company, knowing that we're all good swimmers. If something ever happened, we would, you know, she'd be fine. So I saw that other side of of fear. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe I can take her another step into this. So I jumped in the water and I invited her to come in the water with me. I said, why don't you lay on your back and just submerge your ears in the water so you can hear the whales sing? Oh my God. She wanted it so bad. But as soon as she jumped in the water and started laying and floating on her back, she started hyperventilating. And this is where your breath work comes in, right? I said, Renee relax, like try to really deeply breathe into your nose. And I put my hand under her back and kind of made her feel like, Hey, I'm carrying you. I'm here. You know, like close your eyes. You can, so she was there floating in the middle of the ocean. Someone that has incredible fear of water doing something extraordinary. Finally, she could hear the whales singing and it was magical. It was such a beautiful experience. And I want to share this because, you know, if I hadn't invited her, she would obviously not do it. It was obviously she could refuse, 
But I think if we can keep inviting each other and say yes, and sometimes, you know, that again, creates anxiety before you even do it, but do things together and heal together and create new experiences like that. They're so magical and so empowering because I do know that 10 years from now, when she looks back at this trip, she won't remember the day that she was just hanging out at the pool. She will remember the day that she was doing uh, this adventure. So for the listeners, I would love to invite you all to really look into your life and see what fear you'd like to conquer and what fear you could invite into your life and as a friend and take it by the hand, you know, Koya's book, Let Your Fears Make You Fierce. It's definitely, you know, one that I would recommend. So Koya, I really, really, really thank you for opening your heart and sharing things that you may have not shared before, but also really diving deep in and in the moment of sharing so authentically because, you know, you do a lot of podcasts, you meet a lot of people, and I just hear and feel the authenticity, everything come through. Thank you for taking the time to share all that you are and all your wisdom and your warm heart with us. Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, how can we stay in touch with you? You can find me at KoyaWeb.com and also KoyaWeb, K-O-Y-A-W-E-B-B on Instagram and get loved up. That's the name of my community because in order to stay in alignment with love and conquer your fears, you have to get loved up every day. Love yourself, love others, and love the planet. So you can find me at GetLovedUp.com as well. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jill. <laughs> This episode was produced and edited by AJ Mosley for Kurt Co. Media, mastering by Steve Ricky Berg. Until next time, my friends, have a beautiful day. Kurt Co. Media. Media for your mind.